where speakers share tips from the road to make the platform explode. This is the Key 5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Catherine Fabrizio, a psychotherapist with a master's in clinical psychology and for 30 years has helped adult daughters trapped in the role of the good daughter. She's also the founder of Daughters Rising. Let's get started. So, Catherine, can you give us like a one-sentence descriptor of what you do? Sure, Robert. I help adult daughters who have had difficult mothers themselves. I help them empower themselves and parent their own daughters in such a way to give to their daughters what they never got from their own mothers. Wow, that's a pretty personal and in-depth, I would say, topic. And I've heard you speak, you really mesmerized me, and I'm not a woman, I'm not a daughter, (laughs) but it sure impacted me. Um, Can you tell us, how did you get started in speaking and in talking about this topic? Well, after seeing women in psychotherapy for 30 years and having raised two daughters of my own, I started to want to reach a broader audience, and speaking was um, one thing that I could do. I have actually a background in, um, singing professionally. So that's kind of what I did to put myself through graduate school. And so the stage is not foreign to me, but, um, I'd much rather sing. It's much more comfortable to actually sing. Um, but I did learn some of the principles that you can kind of apply for any sort of performance. Um, but wow. so that that's kind of how I came to it. The reason was to reach a broader audience and kind of gather up, synthesize, and be able to to for want do the talking instead of the listening. I've been listening for a long time. <laughs> well, I have to ask you. You've intrigued me very much. Now, what would you say are some of the the common elements of standing in front of a group of people and singing and speaking, and what's different? Um. It's, it's, you're very much alone, I would say. Mm. Um, you have to kind of own that. And having said that, then the task is to entertain, to have your energy transfer, not just right in front of you, because when you're sitting in front of a client, you really don't have to work to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, in some of my performance, I've had a director talk about um, how people read from the stage and to throw your energy to the very back of the room. So it's, it's a connection, well, that's just going one way. But you have to, I think, really extend yourself, mm-hmm. have confidence in what you're doing, be prepared. Um, Actually, I once heard Alan Arkin in a workshop, believe it or not, I was in a workshop, and he said, um, I think he's won an Oscar or, you know, he's an incredible actor, and he said, learn everything you can and then forget it, and I think that's probably the key to all performance. You have to be uber prepared, but then at the moment that you're performing or speaking, 
you in that moment forget everything that you know because it's the first time somebody's encountering you so if you quote unquote mail it in or become robotic i think energetically people don't connect with you so anyway yeah well said i i love the analogy and throwing it to the back room we often talk about energy but it is about yeah. focusing your energy about connecting and i really like that um, Catherine, I think many of us, some of our biggest learning come from our mistakes. What are some of the b biggest mistakes you've made or you've seen other speakers make? Um, try to say too much. Try <laughs> and offer a lot of disclaimers or uh, I would say conditional statements, like say what you have to say and say it confidently. Um, paint a picture, show rather than tell. I know you do that very well, Robert. <laughs> I still <laughs> well, remember you. the story that you told. I think people forget the declarative and the abstract things that we say, but they but stories stick with them. Mm -hmm. So in, actually in my writing and, and as a psychotherapist, as a speaker, um, as when I create video, the thing that I have to guard against is putting just a whole lot of qualifiers and um, maybe saying too much because it kind of waters down the message. Yes. And so when you're preparing for a video that you say you've done more of, is it yes. different than preparing for when you're on a stage or what, what sort of preparation do you go through? Well, one real big difference is that I have a teleprompter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It was amazing to put together a five minute speech. And the main thing I was terrified of was freezing. And I didn't really trust myself. We did have like a little teleprompter. I didn't really trust myself to rely on that. But I would say in creating video, um, I, you just can't wing it. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> I think a dialogue you can, and, and it's, it's enhanced by that, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, to over-prepare, over-prepare, over-prepare. And one thing I did since I'm not, um, I didn't speak as, as much as other professional speakers who were also presenting at key five, key five, I, uh, made myself the night before go up and stand on the stage and give my talk to nobody to press myself to feel uncomfortable, didn't matter how foolish I felt, um, because I knew the more, <clears throat> the more things that could be familiar to me, for instance, just how the stage feels, hmm. how um, being the only person talking and nobody's talking back feels. And I'm, I'm so glad I did that. So glad I did that. Well, a lot of speakers talk about practice, but in this case, you're saying actually standing on the stage and yes. practicing. If you didn't have that opportunity because you were going to travel somewhere to stand on that stage, mm -hmm. uh, still being able to, I guess, imagine now that once you've been on a stage, you can sort yes. of put yourself there. Um, what, were, what were some of your biggest learnings that when you stood on that stage practicing that you realized or changed for your speech the next day? Um, one thing I learned, and I learned this from singing too, is that the lights will be in your eyes. And you, you have to acclimate to that. You can't let that throw you. Mm -hmm. You can't easily um, 
guarantee that you'll be able to look out at people's faces. It's nice if you can. So, and, and I've heard that you're not supposed to, I think it's called spraying or something. When you look at everybody, mm-hmm. um, that you should, you know, do one talking point to one person and then move your focus, even if you can't see them. Mm-hmm. and the lights in your eyes also for women it's not so much for men wear the shoes and the heels because we stand differently in heels and in flats hmm. um one thing that the coach was excellent this was a huge mistake that i was making from the beginning is moving too much hmm. that we tend to he would say we tend to rock mm-hmm. and sure enough actually that applies to singing as well if you watch a really good singer they're not dancing to their own music. That would just be too jumbling. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a natural tendency, just kind of dance with the band. Mm -hmm. But you you look really foolish. Um, Same thing with talking. If you sway back and forth, that's distracting. It's a sign of nervousness as well, and and you don't Uh, realize you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're self-soothing, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it's quite disturbing to the audience. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was really surprising to me as I videotaped myself and, you know, and the coach that we had available said, watch the swing. And I thought, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that I was, but there I was on, on video swing. Mm-hmm. So Catherine, is yeah. there um, a, a speaker that you really admire or maybe you've modeled your own speaking style after? I like to watch Meryl Streep do anything. <laughs> and so I pull her up. I did. I pulled her up on YouTube. It's funny that you should ask because um, first I didn't have an answer for it, but watching her talk act is, and, and trying to, em, I can't even say trying to emulate, but just kind of let that seep in and infuse in some, you know, small way, the way that she conveys herself very subtly I think to there's a very um stereotypical male way of lecturing and talking Mm -hmm. and there are not as many feminine speakers they tend to adopt kind of masculine body language and stuff and I think I don't think it translates well Mm. uh Marianne Williamson is somebody who I think commands the stage she's a speaker not an actress Mm -hmm. and in a feminine way you know not in a masculine way so that that was a challenge you're clearly an observer of people but that also comes from your work (laughs) yes (laughs) which is really neat well Catherine if you were to um, give our listeners one tip or recommendation to improve their speaking from what you've learned what would you recommend ah good question if you're new Grab everybody you can and say, can I give you my talk? (laughs) Because the self-consciousness that takes over when just one person, I had my kids, my husband, he said, if I hear that talk one more time, (laughs) I'm like, just sit down and just hear it, please. The more times, or the secretary at work, I didn't do it to my clients, so (laughs) thank goodness. But everybody I could grab, the dog, whatever. that is, that's the thing probably that helped me the most. Fabulous. <laughs> Great advice. And uh, Catherine, really appreciate you being here. Thanks for all you've shared. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Okay. Thank you, Robert. I enjoyed it. 
let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about how to stop swaying and self-soothing to be planted for your talk. You rock! Unfortunately, in speaking, that's not a good thing. One of the most common mistakes speakers make is to fail to create a solid base to present from. Usually, speakers stand with wide feet. They'll say it's comfortable. But a side effect is that it results in swaying or rocking. This is obvious when you video yourself, especially if you have the cameraman zoom into your face. When you see the background zooming back and forth, it's obvious that you're not planted in still because a tripod-mounted camera doesn't move. The reason this is a problem for the audience is that it creates distraction and uncertainty. You seem less confident. You're less easy to follow. The solution is to plant those feet close together when you're not walking. I teach two to three inches, depending on your body. And yes, go measure them. It's narrower than you think. Then you won't be able to rock. By the way, you'll also square your shoulders and appear more confident. And you'll probably stand a few inches taller. These are all great results in exchange for standing in a way that feels just a little awkward. Put the audience ahead of yourself. Stand still, except to move your position on stage or to use an awesome big gesture to make a point. Rock the stage, but not back and forth. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. Well, no one might know if I'm swaying right now. I assure you that my body is firmly planted while recording these podcasts. On our next K5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Casey Cobb, a software engineer, angel investor, writer, speaker, inventor, and co-founder of three companies. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving away a book. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com.